And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the astonishing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Brian Donlevy stars as secret agent Steve Mitchell on another dangerous assignment from 1950. But it's time now for Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. Lisa will play clips from popular songs and provide a statement about each song. My job is to guess if that statement is real or ridiculous while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? Right, Carl. So I've chosen some great songs. All of these songs are used in TV commercials. The question is, what commercials are Mm, they used in? Okay. Okay, I'm going to do well. Do you feel like it? Yes. Okay. Well, I am uh, a... I'm a media kind of nerd. I like TV commercials. I always can tell, not always, but most of the time, I can tell who the voiceover person is, like... You know, when they use a, a celebrity, mm-hmm. pretty good at that. Okay, so but why? that's not what we're doing well, here I know, today. <laughs> I know. But why wouldn't I know what uh, product is being endorsed? All right. Well, let's find out. I think I'm going to do great. Okay. Good luck. That's my prognosis. prognosis. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Let's hear the first song. All right. Oh, Sempic. Oh, Sempic. Oh, my God. Oh, Sempic. You are absolutely right. Right. Osepic. This is Magic by Pilot. Yeah. Let's listen to the commercial. I told you I was going to do well. Told you. My jaw has Ozempic dropped is proven open. to lower A1C. Well, close Most it. Good see Ozempic reached A1C. <laughs> you need mouthwash. <laughs> I do not. And you may lose weight. Adults <laughs> wow. lost on yeah. How did you remember that? Because I'm, well, I'm a nerd. I say that's a nod to Ozempic for a great yeah. memorable yeah. commercial. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what Ozempic does. It's um, for Ozempic diabetes for type okay. 2. Okay. All right. Type 2 diabetes. Or pens or okay, okay. great job. Take Ozempic if you All right, your making my job So hang on a second. Ding, ding. Or have multiple endocrine neoplasia All right. Type two or All right, let's move on to the next one. Let's move on to the next one. Do I want a pizza if I get all these? No. $50. It's going to be a long, long time. Touchdown brings you out and get to find. I'm not the man that think I am at all. No, no, no. I'm a rocket man. So this is Rocket Man by Elton, Elton John. John. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what this is used in? Um, if you if you say it, I'll know. Well, I don't know. I'm going to say a statement. Right, say it's it. either real or ridiculous. All right. 
This song was featured in a Samsung commercial. That's ridiculous. Okay, so let's play it and see. Sometimes there's no voiceover and you just see video and it's hard to show, right. but this is from Samsung. Oh, man. It is? This is one of those. Yeah, I can't. They don't actually say Samsung, but I, I'm playing I, a Samsung I, I trust you. Yeah. <laughs> I've known Good you idea. a long time, Good idea. so I, I trust This you. is a Samsung commercial. All right. Well, so that one I didn't know. That one you clearly did not know. Nope. All right. It's one but of the you first seem really confident. It's one of the first ones I've missed on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I've been pretty good. I've been pretty. Well, I took my I took my private jet. Okay. Yeah, great for the show. All right. Well, you're one in one here. Okay. Let's go to the next one. All right. A child arrived just the other, other day. day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch. Bills to pay. This is like one of the saddest songs ever written. It is. This is Harry Chapin. I, don't, I can't even listen to this song. It's All right. so sad. All right. So here's your statement. Right. This song was featured in a recent commercial for Wells Fargo Advisors. Real or ridiculous? Cats in the Cradle. Ridiculous. Okay. Let's play it. The sun turned ten just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad, come on, You are correct. Play. It's for Ameritrade. Yeah. See, Ameritrade. Yeah. This is the version they used. Darn right. Right. Don't mess with me. I know my commercials. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm a media nerd. And I mean that in a very affectionate way I bet you do. about myself. All right. Well, you got two out of three. We've got one more to go. Let's see how you do. All right. Here's the last song. I don't know the song. Really? This is Little River Band. Help is on its way. Sounds familiar at all? No. All right. Well, Help is on its way. Little Little River Band. Okay. It's a good song. All right. Uh, this song is featured in a recent Macy's TV spot. Macy's. Macy's. Ridiculous. All right, let's play it. Let's see. Again, I don't know if I can show it to you, but this is Walmart. Ah, see? So you are absolutely right. That's right, I'm absolutely this is the right. <laughs> Say it again. Am I absolutely right? This one you are. So you got three out of four. That's a I, whopping, I I I whopping 75%. I said I was going well, to do well. Well, that's a C. Now, that's pretty well. Well, wait a minute now. I got three out of four. Right. And I didn't say I was going to do perfect. I said I was going to do well. You I did. would say that I did well. I will say you did well. Okay. I will agree so with you. So there you go. You did well. You didn't so, earn a pizza. No, but you, I didn't a fifty dollar pizza. pizza, but you did do well. Fifty bucks it was for that. Fi- it was forty two dollars, I mean, and we left a. I left a. Eight dollar tip. I left fifty dollars. Eight dollar tip. That's a that's a good tip. I know. I mean, you know, pretty. She good was tipper. actually really nice. <laughs> tip, you're a good tipper, Lisa. She was. A, she was sweet. <laughs> and uh, here's a here's an important tip. Don't. Uh, Across the street without looking both ways. Thanks, Carl. Okay? Thanks. And Another don't eat tip. yellow snow. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't okay. eat yellow snow or brown snow. Okay. And um, write this all down. That's that's how I tip. That's how I tip. I just, okay. you know. Apparently, you forget to tip. Well, I, I give them a tip. No, but sometimes it's, you don't forget. eat yellow snow. Don't no, eat brown snow. Sometimes you forget to give. Your that's tip. true. I have. <laughs> I have forgotten to give tips. Yes, yes. you have. 
right. Okay. <laughs> okay. When we come back, it's Dangerous Assignment starring Brian Donlevy. Well, you forgot too. <laughs> no, you had to do it. <laughs> we'll be right back. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. All right, Dangerous Assignment. It was a really good spy show, Lisa. And Brian Donlevy, who was a big movie star, um, they lured him to the NBC radio microphones to play secret agent for the United States government, Steve Mitchell. He was sent to exotic foreign locations to troubleshoot for our country, and it came to NBC Radio in 1949, lasted until 1953. You look very, um, you look uh, perplexed. You're like, you got this like look on your face. You're like, huh? But anyway, Herb Butterfield played the commissioner who briefed Mitchell on his dangerous assignment. Each week they sent him somewhere, and he just uh, solved solved uh, the Crime? problem, you know? And then it, here's really, this is really interesting, and this tells me that he was really... Um, a man's man. He was, he was his own man, you know. They uh, they didn't want to bring this show to TV, and he was like, why? It's successful on radio. It will work on television. Nobody wanted to do it, and he said, I'm going to do it then. I'm going to pay for 39 episodes myself, and he did. He funded it himself and syndicated it, and it was a big success, so he was right. So we have an episode from May 10th, 1950. It's called... Paris missing diplomat, diplomat, and uh, this stars the great um, Brian Donlevy. Here's part one now of Dangerous Assignment. Wheaties big parade. America's favorite whole wheat flakes, Wheaties, Breakfast of Champions, invite you to Wheaties Big Parade, a thrilling procession of radio's greatest summer entertainment programs. Yours for the listening on NBC. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Morning, Commissioner. Well, what uncivilized neck of the woods are you sending me to this time? Paris, Steve. Paris? Hey, I like that for a change. I could use a weekend in Paris. Forget it. This is no vacation. Steve, three days from now, a secret meeting on atomic inspections will be held in Paris. Each country is sending a representative with a report of his country's industrial potential. Lists of factories capable of atomic production. Well, what am I supposed to do? Go over there and count A-bombs? One of the Balkan countries sent a courier named Zabo to bring their report to Paris. Our legation was asked to keep it in a safe place. And an American named Blake was sent to meet Zabo. Mm, did Zabo arrive in Paris? Yes, he was seen getting off the plane carrying the officially sealed briefcase. He disappeared right after that. And Blake was killed. Sounds like somebody was real eager to get their hands on that report. Must be hot. That's the mystifying part, Steve. The Balkan country says there was nothing sensational about it. Well, maybe there's something in it that's hotter than they realize. It's a possibility, but the point is the disappearance of that report. 
has stirred up enough suspicion to sabotage that meeting three days from now. That's why you've got to get over there. Find Zabo and the briefcase and turn the briefcase over to our representative who's waiting at the legation so he can take it to that meeting. You've got just three days to do it in. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment, Steve. Good luck. Now, here is Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Yeah, that's what I like about my job. I've always got so much time to do things in. Three whole days, and all I had to do was fly a few thousand miles to Paris, solve Blake's murder, find a gent named Zabu in a city of just a few million then turn his briefcase over to our representative to that secret meeting. A <laughs> real cinch. Now, Wednesday afternoon, I get to Paris. An hour later, I'm sitting in the office of Inspector Bravant of the French Surete. Oh, Monsieur Michel, a very mystifying case. We have been unable to find any trace of Zabo's whereabouts. You've got no leads at all? We have but one lead, Mitchell. She's in our way here now. She? Who is she? A girl named Sari Tedescu. Ah, Mademoiselle Tedescu, please... Have a seat. Thank you. I do not understand why you have brought me here, Inspector. I wish to ask you about a man named Zabo. Zabo? Mm-hmm. But I do not know any Zabo. You were on the same plane from the Balkans. You were observed to be quite friendly with him during the flight. I, I talked to several of the passengers, but I did not know their names. I see. And you are quite certain you do not know this, Zabo? I have just told you I did not. Please, Inspector, I do not see what uh, right you have. Pardonnez-moi, mademoiselle, pardonnez-moi. That is all. You may go. Very well, Inspector. Bonjour, mademoiselle. Good day. Well, looks like you got a big hunk of nothing out of that, Bravant. She is lying, Mitchell. When we searched Blake's apartment after the murder, we found this snapshot of Blake, Zabo, and Zari Tedescu. Oh. You know, I think I'll tag along after Sari, Inspector. I'll check with you later. I hurry outside and spot Sari on the sidewalk ahead of me. After about 15 minutes of fast walking, she ducks into a bar, La Petite Chienne. I wait a minute or two, and then I go inside. But Sari is nowhere in sight. Oui, monsieur. What will it be? Look, a girl just came in here a minute ago, bartender. What happened to her? A girl? <laughs> but many girls come in here, monsieur. Uh, would you perhaps like me to introduce you to... This one had long, dark hair. Her, her name is Sari Todescu. And I know she came in here. But, as you see, monsieur, there is no one answering that description here. That's the point. Where is she? But how would I know? I do not remember seeing this girl come in at all. I see. Well, thanks a lot, Mac. Monsieur? What? Monsieur, I am Anton. Perhaps you would like me to play a little tune just for you on my concertina. No, thanks. It would be pleasure. Look, some other time. You don't understand, monsieur. I specialize in playing tunes that people like to hear. Oh? So, what tune do you think I'd like to hear? I overheard you asking about a girl named Sari. What do you know about her? A man in my position has ears and eyes open all the time in places such as this. Hmm. 
Well, skip the hocus-pocus and let's have it. But, monsieur, I make my living playing tunes people wish to hear. I get it. Okay, here's ten bucks. Ten dollars American? Ten dollars American. Does that buy me the tune? <laughs> Not of course. Please to tuck the bill in my pocket. Huh? Okay. Now, let's have it. This girl, Sari, was in here. Oh, great. Look, that I already know. Give me back my ten bucks. But wait, wait. I can't talk anymore now. I am supposed to be playing for customers. Meet me ten minutes past midnight, nearest metro station. Metro? What's that? Metropolitan. The underground electric railway. I will be waiting for you on the ramp. Okay, Anton. I'll see you then. And your tune better be good. I keep checking Sari's hotel all evening, but she's not in. It's a few minutes after midnight when I get to the subway station. I go down a long flight of metal stairs. I can hear a train approaching, but the ramp is dark and deserted. Except for a little guy at one end. It's Anton. He starts towards me, and then, as we're getting close to each other, a hand suddenly shoots out of the darkness and grabs one of my ankles. I lose my balance. The train is almost on top of me. I start falling out of the tracks right in front of it. Brother, that was close. Are you all right? I sure wouldn't have been if you hadn't grabbed me, Anton. The man who tripped you. There he goes, up the stairs. Yeah, come on. I'm going to get him. Watch out, he has a gun. Get down. You okay, Anton? Yes, yes, but, monsieur, if you are in trouble, perhaps we better forget our arrangement. Nothing I... doing. Now, look, what's this stuff you were going to tell me about Sari Tadescu? Well, it was just that I have seen her in bar, always talking to the same men. I heard Sari tell him that it was going to happen at 22 Rue Victoire Massé. What was going to happen? I don't know. That is all I heard. Oh. Hmm. 22 Rick Victor Massé? Uh, okay. How do I get there? Wait, you better take me. You paid me only for information. I am very busy man. Okay, here's ten more bucks for you if you take me there. Oh? You mean ten dollars? Yeah, ten dollars American. Well, <laughs> that is slightly different matter. <laughs> We are 22 Rue Victor Marseille. Monsieur Mitchell, door is unlocked. Yeah. See if you can find a light switch, Anton. Yes, yes. He's here. Monsieur, look. Sitting in chair? Yeah. Well, he'll never get up out of that chair. That's a cinch. He's been strangled. When somebody mentions the grand old game, you can be sure it's baseball he has in mind. And if he should talk about the breakfast of champions, well, that would be Wheaties with milk or a little cream and his favorite fruit on top. Actually, the two expressions have a lot more in common than you might suppose. Because through the years, Wheaties and baseball have kept pretty close company. You see, the fact that Wheaties are 100% whole wheat flakes means they have a lot of nourishment to offer. And if there's anything an active major league ball player needs... It's nourishment and plenty of it. Of course, like anyone else, champions like to get that nourishment in a food that's good tasting, too. Well, Wheaties just naturally are both good tasting and good for you. So you can understand the enthusiasm shown by Stan Musial, slugging outfielder of the St. Louis Cardinals. Stan says, you can certainly put me down as a Wheaties man. They're swell for flavor, and at the same time, 
they hand out valuable nourishment. Well, if you're anything like I am, I'm sure you run into days when you burn up as much energy as you might if you went nine innings with the Cardinals. And on days like that, the nourishment you get from crisp, tender, delicious Wheaties in the morning can certainly help a lot. What Wheaties can do for a baseball champion, they can certainly do for you. Try them. Wheaties, breakfast of champions. I could go for some Wheaties right now. I like a good Wheaties cereal. It's good. Yeah, it's not bad. Put some fruit on there, you know, some uh, ber- you know, some berries or some, I don't know, like uh, strawberries or blueberries. It's good stuff. I like strawberries and blueberries, and I like cereal, but I don't like it mixed you don't up like together. It mixed? No, it gets, it gets mushy. Well, why am I not surprised? <laughs> it gets mushy. <laughs> because, no, it doesn't get mushy. I don't put anything on I actually like a, I like a good Wheaties breakfast. It's good for you. It's good breakfast cereal. Breakfast of champions. That's true. We're listening to Dangerous Assignment for a while and not and just a short period of time. Dangerous Assignment had Wheaties as a sponsor. For most of its run, early run, it was not sponsored. And then Wheaties came out. And then a little bit later, I believe Frigidaire for a while was a sponsor. Um, Brian Donlevy as uh, Secret Agent Steve Mitchell. Hope you're enjoying this. We'll have more in a moment. Don't forget, folks, learn how you can get our podcast sent to you. Each and every Monday, you'll get the full five-hour show, plus Radio Rarities, our podcast that Lisa and I uh, co-host. Just go to Hollywood360radio.com. It's all there. Or call 815-900-7535, 815-900-7535. Talk to a live operator. Okay, we'll be right back. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host in total you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month become a classic radio club member at classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator log on to classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 that's 815-900-7535 Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. You know, I'm really, really proud of our Radio Rarities podcast. We've been doing it now. I think we're on like episode 50 or close to 50, right? 46 or 7. I just completed 45, I think. Yeah, 46 is in We're Getting Ready to Do. But there's like 30 plus uh, episodes available for free. Everywhere podcasts are heard, like iHeart or Acast or Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it. If you listen to podcasts, and I think every smartphone has like a podcast little app, right? You just click like it. An icon, right? Yeah, and you and just type in Radio Rarities and listen to our Radio Rarities podcast. Lisa and I are the uh, hosts of the show. Mike produces it, does an incredible job. 
Mike, I got to really take my hat off to you. I mean, everything you do is great, but that is just such a great podcast that you put together. Thank you. Really terrific. And Carl Shadow, who is our writer, we couldn't find anybody better than him to do it. He really knows this backwards and forwards. He knows where to find this information. All these tidbits that he, this you know, comes out with these shows, it's incredible. But we will take a rare program, very rare, unusual show, an audition program for a radio series, maybe that didn't get put on the air. Or sometimes, and this is really interesting, like one coming up that we haven't recorded yet is Nightbeat. Now, of course, we're familiar with Nightbeat. Frank Lovejoy playing Randy Stone, reporter for the Chicago Star. But when that show was first kind of created or envisioned, they had Edmund O'Brien as the person that they were thinking of for the role. The name of the character was not Randy Stone, and it was not even set in Chicago. It was set somewhere else. And they recorded an audition with Edmund O'Brien, who at the, who a little bit later, about a year later, starred as Johnny Dollar. You're truly Johnny Dollar. And he was a big movie star. But it never went to air with Edmund O'Brien as Randy Stone on Nightbeat. It was Frank Lovejoy. But we're about to play in an upcoming episode that audition that was recorded at, at NBC Studios so this is this is what I'm talking about. Very unique programs, and it's only available on Radio Rarities. And we produce a new one every week. You get a new, like, 35, 40-minute episode, and um, it be, it's yours free everywhere podcasts are heard. So just search. Even if you went to your computer and just searched Radio Rarities, it'll pop up. There's, like, an icon with Lisa and I on there, and you can listen. And as I said, there's about 35 or so shows out there in the uh, ethos. You can just listen to them. They're free. Um, but the new one is always sent to our Classic Radio Club members and our podcast subscribers. It's part of the Hollywood 360 email we send you every Monday. So if you're not listening to it, you're missing out. It's free. Check it out everywhere podcasts are heard. All right, we're listening to Dangerous Assignment. This is called Paris, Missing Diplomat. And uh, Brian Donlevy stars. It's sponsored by Wheaties. Here's the conclusion. Now, General Mills, makers of Wheaties, presents the second act of Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. He has been strangled? Goodbye. Come back here, Anton. Monsieur, I told you I did not want to get mixed up in anything. Save it, will you? But who is this man? How should I know? Maybe there's something in his pockets that will give us a... Yeah. Here's his identification card. Zabo. This is man you have been looking for? Yeah. But I found him too late. The killer probably has the briefcase by now. Briefcase? What briefcase? Oh, skip it. I wonder if there's anything else in his pockets that might help. Here. I will raise him up and you can search his back pockets. It's quite heavy. Yeah. Hey, hey, watch out. I can't hold him. Oh, great. Now, look, pick him up and... Hey, wait a minute. What? Look, sticking out from under the seat cushion and back, that looks like a piece of leather. Here, let me get this cushion up. Well, what do you know? The briefcase. But I don't understand. 
If this man Zabo was killed because of briefcase, why did not killer take it with... Zabo must have been sitting right here in this chair when the killer walked in. He wouldn't tell where the briefcase was, so he got strangled, still sitting in the chair. Well, no wonder the killer couldn't find it if Zabo was roosting on it. You know, monsieur, this must be very valuable briefcase. Why we do not open and see what is in? Look, get your hands off it. But I was just curious. Save your curiosity. You see those government seals on the flap of it? They're still unbroken, and that's just the way they're going to stay. Your part of the job is finished, Anton. You can shove off. Anton shrugs and leaves. And I call Inspector Bravant and tell him I've found Sabo's body. Then, the next morning, I go to the American legation and look up our representative to the secret meeting, a guy named Robertson. And when Robertson spots the briefcase under my arm, his face lights up like a neon sign. Mitchell, you've certainly done us a tremendous service finding this briefcase. Well, I guess it's a good thing I didn't take any longer. That meeting is today, isn't it? Tonight at 10 o'clock. Excuse me, Mr. Robertson. Yes, Miss Miller. They just delivered your train ticket. Good, thank you. Yes, Mitchell, this briefcase will help our cause tremendously. Its disappearance stirred up so much suspicion that the very purpose of the meeting was in jeopardy. But now, when I deliver this briefcase to the Balkan representative tonight at 10 with the seal still unbroken, I think it'll clear the atmosphere quite a bit. Where's the meeting going to be? I'm sorry, Mitchell, I'm afraid I can't tell you that. You see, we've had indications that someone is out to sabotage the meeting, so we're taking no chances. We've changed the location twice, and now only the five representatives know what that location is. Well, that's probably the smart way to handle it. Anyway, it doesn't matter to me where the meeting is. You've got the briefcase, and my job is finished. Well, thanks again, Mitchell, and goodbye. I must leave at once for the meeting. It's good to have my assignment completed. I'm patting myself on the back, telling myself how easy it's been when the easy feelings becomes a little uneasy. Somehow, it's been too easy. Call it a hunch or what have you. I begin to wonder if maybe I've been played for a sucker. I try to duck the thought, but the feeling sticks. I've got a few hours before the plane time, so I decide to do a little more checking. I remember the bartender at La Petite Chienne, the guy who lied to me about Sari not being in there. Bar is pretty deserted when I get there. Anton is over in one corner playing sweet music for the benefit of a young couple at a table. He gives me a big wink and a grin, but I head for the bartender. I tell him I've got a message for him from Sari Tadescu. He blinks a couple of times, but finally takes me to a back room. Now, uh, where is this message? Where's Sari? What? But you said you brought a message from her. You heard me. Where's Sari? This is a trick. Yeah, and it's going to work. Open up. Tell me where she is. I will not drink the knife. I will... Oh! That's better. Let go of me. Here. Try this wall for size. I, I will call for help. I doubt it. I don't think you want anyone to know you're a friend of Sari. Now, look. You're going to keep bouncing off that wall until you tell me. I, I will not tell. This could go on all night. Stop. Stop. Stop it. Okay. Where is she? Room 24, Hotel. Thanks. You better get that wall fixed, Buster. Looks like we started a few cracks in the plaster. Sorry. Who is it? A friend of yours. What do you want? I've got a message for you from the bartender at La Petite Chienne. Oh. 
those, Fairy. You are the one at the police station yesterday. You get your foot out of the door. I'm coming in. You get out of here. I will call the police. Are you kidding? What do you want? A lot of answers. But mainly, they boil down to this. Why did you kill Blake and Zabo? Zabo is dead? You ought to know, sister. Oh. Oh, Zabo. Poor Zabo, he was... He was trying to help me. Help you? Look, you better start talking. We know you were on the same plane as Zabo, but yesterday at the police station, you denied knowing him. Why? Zabo was was trying to get me out of the country illegally. He got me a forged passport, and he brought me to Paris with him. Wait a minute. You're not hooked up in this briefcase deal at all? Oh, no, no. When the plane landed, a little man met Zabo. He said he had come for the briefcase. The two of them went away together. But when Zabo did not return to the hotel, I became worried. And then when the police brought me in, I thought they had found out about my forged passport. So I denied knowing Zebo. I didn't want to get him into any trouble. And you've been in hiding ever since, huh? Yes. Well, look, how does that bartender at Le Petit Chien tie in? Zebo had told me to go there if there was any trouble. Oh. That the, the bartender would tell me of a place where I could wait safely for the next stage of my journey. I, I guess that bar is a contact point for those with forged passports. And the bartender sent you here. I, I still don't see why you ducked out of that bar, though, in such a hurry. Uh, because I, as I was talking to the bartender, I, I suddenly saw the little man who had met Sebo at the play. What? This guy was in the bar? Yes, he was. You expecting anyone? No. Okay, I'm going to get over here behind the door. Oh. Now, go ahead and open it. All right. <gasps> so we meet again, mademoiselle. No, 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 no. Do not try to slam door in my face. That's rude. I... Thank you. I have been trying unsuccessfully to locate you ever since you saw me leave airport with Zabo. But a man named Mitchell helped me. He softened up a bartender to a point where I could find out your address. <laughs> Don't you think this gun earns me invitation to come in? Yeah, come on in, Anthony. Mitchell. Yeah, pull that trigger now you'll blow your own foot off. Get that hand off my throat. Drop the gun or I'll break your arm. Very well, I drop it. I do not need gun. Constantina player develops strong hands, strong enough to strangle you. Yeah, just like you did Zebo, huh? But I don't think Constantina players know much about judo. Take a right, Anton. He's gone. He's right at your feet. Yeah, yeah, I've got it. Watch out, he has a chair. Oh, let's see who gets the gun. Isn't that easy, Anton? Not one, Mitchell. You have lost. Look, Anton, you wanted me to find Zabo's body. You led me right to it. You even lifted him up so I'd be sure to spot the briefcase. Of course. When briefcase is open, that secret meeting. Meeting will be over. I'm the prized chump of all time. You planted a bomb in that briefcase and got me to deliver it for you. Yes. <coughs> So long, Sari. 
I've got to find that guy Robertson in one big hurry. Yes? They gave me your address at the legation. You're Mr. Robertson's secretary, aren't you? Why, yes, Miss Miller. You're Steve Mitchell, the man who brought the briefcase to Mr. Robertson. Yeah, that's why I've got to find him right away. Where'd he go? Where's the meeting going to be? I'm sorry, Mr. Mitchell. I couldn't tell you even if I knew. Look, this is no time to be coy. There's a bomb in that briefcase. What? And it'll explode the second the briefcase is opened. Now, where's your boss, Robertson? His tickets were for Bordeaux. When does the train do to pull out? At six, I think. Oh, it's five minutes after now. Look, get your car. We'll try and overtake the train at the first stop. There's the train, Steve. We made it. Come on. Which compartment is Robertson in? His reservation was for compartment five. Here we are. Let me give you a hand. Thanks. Come on down the corridor. Here it is. Compartment five. Mr. Robertson, I... Hey, the compartment's empty. Empty? But... You're sure this is the right compartment? Of course. I got the reservation myself. What is it, monsieur? Uh, conductor, where's Mr. Robertson? Robertson? The guy who had this compartment. Why... He did not stay on the train. What? No, it was very strange. He got aboard on one side, then he got off on the other. Took a taxi, I believe. Oh, great. Then the meeting's in Paris after all. Steve, what'll we do? It's 6.30. Three and a half hours to locate that meeting, and all we know is that it's somewhere in Paris. Oh, that taxi driver. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Come on, let's get back to town. You try and trace the cab, and I'll see what I can find out. I know, Mitchell. None of us here at the Surete know where that meeting is to be held. Haven't you any idea at all, Inspector? Uh, Paris is a large city, Mitchell. I am sorry. You're sorry. Look, Commissioner, I've got to find that meeting. Do you know where it's to be? No, Steve. Why? Something wrong? You bet there's something wrong. There's a bomb on its way to that meeting. A bomb? How do you know? I sent it. What? Now, Steve. It's no joke, Commissioner. And if I don't locate it in the next three hours, there won't be any meeting. The taxi company says whoever picked up Mr. Robertson was on the day shift, and all those drivers are home by now. But there isn't time to telephone all of them and... Wait, the radio. What? The Paris radio station. Come on. No, 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 no. We cannot interrupt our programs just to broadcast Look, them. unless you do, there's going to be an explosion in Paris at 10 o'clock. It'll probably blow up a city block. An explosion? You heard me. Now get on the air and tell any cab driver who picked up a man with a briefcase at the depot at 6 to call in here right away. Very well, monsieur. I will broadcast it immediately. I can't stand this any longer. It's nine o'clock in one hour. Yeah, all right. You got any ideas? Maybe we ought to broadcast a warning to the people of Paris. Tell them that there'll be an explosion somewhere in Paris in an hour, but we don't know where. Huh. You put an announcement like that on the air and you'll start the biggest stampede in history. Monsieur, monsieur. Yeah. The cab driver's just called in. He remembers speaking of a man with a briefcase at the depot. Where'd he take him? Here is the address. Thanks. Stay here, Marjorie. I'll see you later. <laughs> What do you want? Look, a taxi driver told me that he picked up a man with a briefcase and brought him here. What about it? Where is he? I am the man. What? <laughs> now, see, is a man to be allowed no privacy in this city? I got Oh, the... fine, fine. I'm sorry to bother you. 
glad you called in, Steve. Look, that was the original wild goose chase. I know. Another cab driver just called in. The man he picked up answers Mr. Robertson's description. Where'd he take him? He let him off in front of the Louvois Hotel. You've got just 15 minutes before that meeting starts, Steve, and it'll take you 12 of them to get there. So, I break every traffic law in town and pull up at the hotel at six minutes to ten. The elevator operator thinks he remembers taking a guy with a briefcase up to the fourth floor. I get up there with three minutes to go and start walking down the hall. Then I spot a guy lounging at the end. And I've got a hunch I'm getting warm. He's probably a guard. I stop for a second in front of each door, but he doesn't react. Then I stop in front of the fifth door down. Suddenly, he's on me like a blanket. What do you want? Look, I've got to get into that meeting. No one goes in that door. No one is going to... Sorry, I've got no time to argue. I gave the guard a fast frisk and got the key. I opened the door. It was a large suite, but in one of the rooms, I spot five men sitting around a table. One of them is Robertson. The first order of business is this briefcase I'm turning over to the Balkan representative. I would like you to open it at once. I think it will clear the air considerably so that we can... Wait, don't open that briefcase. Mitchell, what are you doing? Don't open that briefcase. You, you, I'm talking to you. But that is the Balkan representative. He has every right to open it. Take your hands off it. Mitchell! Mitchell, are you crazy? You're trying to start a war? There might have been one if I hadn't hit him. There's a bomb in that briefcase. What? Do you know what you're saying? You bet I know what I'm saying. Another second and you'd all have been blown sky high. Oh, brother, I didn't think I was going to make it here. Here, I'll take that briefcase now. Wait, where are you going? First, I'm going to turn this briefcase over to the surete, unopened, and let them worry about it from there. And second, well, I'm going to find me a good spot to have a nice, quiet, nervous breakdown. So long, Mr. Robertson. Dangerous Assignment, written by Bob Reif, with music by Basil Adlam, is directed by Bill Carn. Be with us next week at this time when Brian Donlevy, starring as Steve Mitchell, will embark on another Dangerous Assignment. And on Monday, listen to Frank Lovejoy in Nightbeat on the Wheaties Big Parade. For all the family, try Father Knows Best tomorrow on NBC. There is a uh, dangerous assignment episode from May 10th, 1950, Paris, Missing Diplomat, starring Brian Donlevy, sponsored by Wheaties, the Breakfast of Champions. And we were just talking about Nightbeat with Frank Lovejoy and uh, the announcer there mention that series because Wheaties was sponsoring that program as well at this time. Um, hope you enjoyed Dangerous Assignment. Time for our Sarah's Backstage Pass. Hi, Carl, and hello to all of our listeners out there. Tonight, I'm going to talk about Martin Scorsese's film, Killers of the Flower Moon and Fast X. Killers of the Flower Moon premiered last Saturday evening at the Cannes Film Festival in France to a nine-minute standing ovation. The positive reviews are in. The film centers on the 1920s Osei's Indian nation reign of terror. Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro star alongside Lily Gladstone. There are many, so many hungry wolves 
find the wolves in this picture? I've been following the book and the film's journey since 2018. The reviews are tremendous for the movie, calling it a masterpiece with Oscar-worthy performances. It opens October 6th in theaters. Fast X is rated PG-13. It's the 10th movie of the series. The fast cars, crazy stunts are all back, along with the new villain, Jason Momoa. Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez star. The game's over, Dom. You lose. This is your last ride. Then you might want to buckle up. Seen all ten films, and you know exactly what you'll get with these movies. They are family-centered, outrageous cars, eye-popping visual stunts, and wild rides. Three stars out of four. Very entertaining. Thanks for listening in tonight. I'm Sarah Knight Adamson, your film and TV critic for Hollywood 360. Check out more coverage of Killers of the Flower Moon on my website, Sarah's Backstage Pass. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, it's a terror episode of the Hall of Fantasy, going back to 1953. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. That's right. It's a little bit of a tough one. We're starting with the letter U. U. Song titles that begin with the letter U. Wow. All right. Mm. We'll see you soon. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what can be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.